I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy, it calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's woo, Spud, Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman. Please accept my extremely warm welcome to our radio show. Uh, we have a pretty decent lineup for you, so you know if you're a new listener, I suggest you give us a test drive for the next couple hours. And if you're a regular listener, I, I you know what can I say? I'm in your debt, as your unconditional love is very much appreciated. With me is our temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb. Say something so they know you're a living, breathing human. Yeah, okay. I am Gerald Holcomb, and I am the co-pilot of this operation. And I got to tell you, I'm excited. Co-pilot? Wait, yeah. That is rather, messed up, yo. Yeah, that's rather presumptuous. That's that's a pretty big leap from being a temporary fill-in co-host to the co-pilot of this program. Well, I think I think. There's no question in my mind. The actual co-pilot is Dave on the soundboard. Without him and our engineer Mike, we couldn't do the show. You're more like the the you know like a steward. You know someone who fills in when every other stewardess calls in sick. You know I know you speak in jest, but I know you value my role on the show, and I'll play along with your antics because I'm a team player. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I need to introduce our designated laugher, Gina. How you doing tonight? Uh, yeah, fine. I I mean. I have some personal issues that are causing me some real stress right now, if you must know. It really stems from the spending habits of my significant other. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I swear, yeah. the guy would spend our last dime on a train equipment for his model train set. Yeah. Uh, boy, would you not believe how expensive those little pieces of plastic are? A vintage early really? 1900 caboose okay. costs as $130. Strange. Yeah. Could have done just fine with one of those from the, the 40s or 50s, but no, he had to have So, excuse it. me, you know, I have something I kind of wanted to bring up tonight to get everyone, you know, on the show's feedback, especially you, Gina, and the listeners, too, if they want to, you know, try and contact me here in the studio or, or just email me at thespudgoodmanshow at gmail.com. It's kind of personal, you know, but at my age, you know, what the hell do I think of, care at all if anybody thinks I'm lame? Uh, what do you, you know, who cares? Spud, is this about your performance issues in the bedroom? Because <laughs> I think it's very brave of you to share your troubles so others can learn potential remedies for themselves. I heard you talking to Lawrence about this last week um. after the staff meeting. I wanted to jump in and offer my input, <laughs> but I was afraid to die. Spud, nothing to be ashamed of sharing the ED deal. 
Lots of guys can relate to how you feel. So just keep taking those little blue pills to maintain your bedroom zeal. I didn't talk about my ED problems with Lawrence. My God, I do have some need for personal privacy. No, oh. this is about my hair, or, or lack of, you know. I, I've been doing my research on the internet oh. about hair transplants, and I'm seriously thinking about going for it. It's pretty expensive. You know, so Hell I wanna, no, you can't! I just want to think about it before I you know, agree to do this. A hair transplant? Really? Uh, you know, I was aware that, an uh, that another problem had caused you personal anguish over the years, and I myself, uh, really, all male Holcombs in our family, we've been blessed with full, healthy heads of hair. Okay. A actually, excessive hair it, all over. It's a bit of a grooming issue for us, you know, toe and knuckle hair, in, in addition to the need to thin out eyebrows every few months. Ew. All the male Holcombs really have to stay on top okay. of this. Right. Well, regular laser hair removal treatments, that's the key. So, hmm. no. No trying to hide or cover up thinning, limp, and lifeless hair. It's not something we have much L knowledge look, of. Look, when I was younger, I had pretty decent hair. And, and way back, I, I was still wearing a baseball hat then. So, right. I didn't start wearing one when things you know, started to go seriously wrong. I always wore one. <laughs> I, I think good hair on a man is overrated, okay? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, well, for me, it, it is kind of important. I mean, my dad was bald, and I'm just not attracted to that look. But there's nothing to be ashamed of if your hair is lacking, Spud. Absolutely, oh, you. Gina. You know, aging men have so many issues to confront. It's really nice for me personally to be able to maintain a great head of hair. Yeah, okay, fine. I, I guess you've you got made a great head aware. of hair. I get it. I, well, you make me think that I've got blessings in this area, Spud, yeah. and I thank okay. you for that. Nice to know I put some pep in your step. Yeah. Right now, I need to play some music, and on a much more important note, uh, I thought I would play this particular song coming up as a tribute to someone who uh, was, you know, a very important part of this program from the start uh, of my old cable TV show and now radio program, Irish McKinney. Mm -hmm. He passed away in August in a motorcycle accident, and his memorial was held last weekend. Uh, it was a testament to his life, as over 2,000 people attended the ceremony. He touched many, many lives, and we will never, ever forget him. This is Keep Me In Your Heart, which was released by Warren Zevon shortly before his death in 2003 from cancer. This is for Irish. Shadows are falling and I'm running out of breath. Keep me in your heart for a while. If I leave you, it doesn't mean I love you any less. Keep me in your heart for a while When you get up in the morning And you see that crazy sun Keep me in your heart for a while There's a train leaving nightly called When all is said and done Keep me in your heart for a while Shine
when you're doing simple things around the house Maybe you'll think of me and smile You know I'm tied to you like the buttons on your blouse Keep me in your heart for a while Hold me in your thoughts Take me to your dreams Touch me as I'm falling Headed north to Pleasant Street Keep me in your heart for a while These wheels keep turning But they're running out of steam Keep me in your heart for a while Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la Keep me in your heart for a while Goodman Radio Show. Uh, this is Robert Hayes. You may remember me from Airplane, but uh, I'm looking for a little help. For some reason, I wound up here in the Spud Goodman Show, and uh, I have no idea why. Well, Spud, your yeah. first guest, Don right. Rickles, All is right. on the line waiting to speak with you. Know, you know, I've been looking forward to this. He's such a major figure in the history of comedy and showbiz. I hope I don't screw this thing up too bad. <laughs> you, you know, maybe you should avoid asking anything about Frank Sinatra, you know? Why? I'm a huge Rat Pack fan. I can't pass on asking him about Frank. Well, okay, but maybe don't say anything about Listen, Mr. listen. The last thing I need right now is somebody looking over my shoulder, second-guessing me. Oh. You know, okay, I can handle this without your input. Just put him on. All right, but no, I thought... Just now, please. Oh, here he is. Please welcome to our show a man that has defined the art of stand-up comedy throughout his legendary career. Yes, Mr. Warmth himself, the great Don Rickles. Well, thank you, Spud. That invitation was great. Now I'm going to wash up and go home. All right, super. Well, Don, uh, I'm going to give my I'm going to give it my best shot tonight to not annoy you too much. So, <laughs> thank you. So, Don, can we start at the beginning? That's what I'd, I'd like to do. As a kid in school growing up, did you have this gift you're blessed with even back then? Like in class, did you take apart the teacher and your classmates when the mood was? Oh, absolutely. I was always a guy that ripped people, and, and, and uh, they always took it in fun. And uh, I, I, I had that gift even when I was in the service. I was always the guy that was making the guys on the ship laugh, uh, not by doing jokes, but 
it's all attitude. And my attitude has always been, you know, uh, putting people on. And they, they understand it and they laugh at it. It took a long time. And my beginnings, I had a lot of rejection, plenty of rejection. And finally, over the years, uh, thank goodness, uh, I started on to get me. And uh, it was great. And, uh, and now at my age and life, uh, it's never been better. Well, um, let's touch uh, on your day studying at the American Academy for the Dramatic Arts after serving in the Navy during World War II. Um, that's not the usual path for a stand-up, uh, is it? Well, I started out really as, uh, as an actor, and uh, I've done acting parts on television, but I never got a chance. Uh, my big dream was to work on Broadway and I, in a play, but I, I, oh, I knocked around for a long time, and uh, it never happened, and so I started to... Uh, working, you know, all kinds of functions around town. They asked me to get up, and I, I didn't really have an act, and I used to kid around and make fun of people in, in, a, in a fun way and never hurtful, and they laughed, and little by little I became a giant star, and now I'm talking to you in your little station. Spud, you're doing really well so far interviewing Mr. Rickles. I know you worship the man, so you must be more than a little nervous here. Does it show? I mean, this man defined comedy for decades, and he was best buddies with Sinatra, so yeah, I'm freaking nervous. Well, just hold it together as I don't think he's going to rip you up too bad. Being ripped by Don Rickles is a lifelong dream, so I hope so. Oh, gee, that's so great. Let me get back to this thing. Right. So, well, Don, the number one thing about your act is, number one, one could never steal from you because, I mean, who could pull off what you do? I mean, some I've tried maybe, but your style's kind of copyrighted. Uh, well, you, you you said it right on the head, but some people have tried it, but it never comes out uh, the way it is for me. It's in my personality to do that, and so uh, it's not something you rehearse or practice. It's something I always had. Uh, even as a young man, I was always uh, able to uh, be, a, you know, so-called uh, a wisecracker, but always in fun, and I always enjoyed it. Right, well, uh, I, me, Spud Goodman, I mean, I, I dream of the day when someone would steal from me, but yeah, nobody, nobody's, that's not happened yet, so let, let me bring this up. Uh, I, I'd love to bring in uh, the topic of the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, if I may. How, sure. how big a set of testicles do you have as when he was in the audience at your show, uh, a show of yours in Miami Beach in the 50s, you yelled out to him, make yourself at home, Frank, hit someone. Now that is fearless comedy. You... I mean, my gosh. Yeah, well, I, I, I did that. But when I also, uh, a big thing that people used to talk about, I was with this girl in my single days. I'm married 50 years. But way before my, my marriage to a wonderful lady, I, uh, I was with this uh, girl that was, uh, you know, uh, I hoped to score with. Yeah. In, in the Sands Hotel. And we were having dinner, and Frank was at another table. And uh, she said, do you know Frank Sinatra? And of course, to get lucky, I said, of course I do, which I really did. And I said, just wait a minute. And I went over to Frank's table. I said, Frank, you got a minute? He said, sure. He called me Bullethead, by the way. He said, yeah, what is a Bullethead? I said, listen, if you could come over to the table and say hello in front of this girl, it would mean the works for me. You know what I'm saying? He said, Don, it's done. I said, not right away. Wait a few minutes. And so I went back to my table and and I took a drink and informed by Frank. And he said, hey, Don, how are you? I said, not now, Frank. Can't you see I'm eating? Dang. I, I, I'm expecting you got a little payoff later that night. I mean, oh. No, no, he laughed his ass off. All right, all right, all right. That's nobody, 
Nobody ever did that to him, and the way I say it and do it, it's always funny. All right. Um, well, so also, this is another question about your act. It's a quick question. H- have you ever gotten any royalties from rappers for ripping off your trademark move of dropping the mic? Because when did you drop your first mic on stage? Oh, hey, give me a break, John. I'm, I'm uh, 89 years old. Uh, I, I don't even remember Abraham Lincoln, if I cried out loud. All right. All I don't right. remember that. <laughs> but you you were the man. You were the one that, that originated that move. I just, I just want to put that out for the public to, to be aware of that. So, all right. Yeah. Um, so, moving on to tonight's show with, with Johnny Carson, which you did over 100 times, your appearances were, were memorable to so many as I kind of, that was really the destination for Americans before bed each night. So, h- how big was Johnny in the show on your career? Because I know you had a huge impact on the show itself. Oh, well, he was, he was wonderful. I did, as you said, over 100 shows with Johnny. And every time we did the show, uh, if we were supposed to talk about automobiles, uh, he would walk on and I'd say, Hi, John. And he would say, How's your mother? And I'd say, what do you mean, how's my mother? He never liked my mother. And we'd go and do 20 minutes about our mothers, which had nothing to do with what we were supposed to talk about. And eventually, each appearance on Johnny Carson became an event. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, about the look, I was going to say, on tonight's show, we're discussing, or I'm discussing with... Uh, my staff, uh, the possibility of getting a hair transplant, but I must say, you proved that bald is sexy, you and Telly Savalas. So I'm guessing you would maybe recommend not to do this, because, I mean, you've pulled it off the look. I mean, it works for you. <laughs> well, I never planned on it. I, I thought I'd lose my hair when I was in the Navy, but uh, that's the least of my worries. All right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> so, it seems to me that Don is quite comfortable with the fact that he's lost most of his hair over the years. You know, he looks great, so try and gain strength from how he has dealt with it. Hey, Don, just excuse me for just one moment. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, if Frank Sinatra called me bullethead like he did to Don way back, I won't lie. I would probably be wearing at least a rug, if not a full transplant these days. As you know, I am very sensitive about my lack of hair. Everyone knows that. I, I wish I could be as strong as Don. Yeah, well, he does look a lot better without hair than you do. That might have something to do with it. But for the time being, if you don't get that transplant, I would keep the baseball cap on at all times. Yeah, but it- it's tough to always remember to put it on when I go out. Like, it must be for The Edge and little Steven Van Sant with their pirate look. But let me get back to Don now. All right, Don, sorry about that. Yeah. Let me ask you about a film role of yours in one of the greatest American movies, Martin Scorsese's Casino. When you got hit with that phone by Joe Pesci, I was worried about you. Was that a foam telephone, or did you actually get whacked? Oh, yeah, that was a that was a real telephone. Of course, I had a little bit of rubber protection underneath me. Dang. But uh, Joe took his best shots. And, and, and it was great working with Joe and uh, Marty Scorsese. And Robert De Niro, who, by the way, I carried in that movie. Absolutely, yeah, you did. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've seen that a hundred times, and I'll, I'm never, never tired of it. I, I love that, love that movie. So, um, well, as you personally experienced Vegas back in the day when it was, you know, I hang out for some gentlemen who led rather colorful lives. Let's just, let's just say that. Now that it's more of a family-friendly, friendly environment, where do you think those guys go these days? Are, are they kind of homeless, or where do they go? Well, unfortunately, most of them are gone. I, I was on the end of the Rat Pack group and used to hang out together in the steam room of the Stance Hotel and we always had fun with Frank and Sammy and all those guys and Joey Bishop but then most of them are gone. Today it's mostly big reviews. That's why I'm, I'm so delighted that I'm still a headliner in Las Vegas. Absolutely. 
Well, you're also a best-selling author, having written two books, the first Rickles book and later Rickles Letters, both available and published by Doubleday. Uh, they're, they're available everywhere. Uh, so was the writing of you know, the whole process of it was, it, was it tedious or did it come pretty easy for you? No, I, I wanted a man called David Ritz uh, helped me, but everybody says it's uh, when you read it, it's just like hearing my voice. It's, uh, yes. it's, uh, I dictate it exactly the way I talk. And so the book was very successful. Yeah, absolutely. They're bestsellers. Um, well, uh, I want to say this. You've been married to your lovely wife, Barbara, for over 50 years. Don, what's the key to a long and happy marriage? Is, as I've not been real good at the marriage thing. What do you think? Well, it's, it's a question of uh, uh, not only, you know, the sex act, which uh, a lot of guys that live by, uh, that's not the case. The whole thing is that, that you have a, uh, somebody you confide in and, someone you trust, someone who believes in you and you, you have the same thoughts and you work together and, and, you, and you, you laugh at the same things and it works in chemistry, it comes out to be a happy relationship. All right, all right. I'm, I just took notes, you know. I took, I got that down verbatim. Well, um, I have to say, uh, we had Kathy Griffin on our show a few weeks ago, and she talked about having dinner with you recently, with you and Barbara. And we discussed your legacy and the fact, and you know, that both of us agreed that every performer in stand-up comedy owes you big time. And it's my feeling that your face should be like carved onto a mountain somewhere, honoring your career. Uh, do you, do you, do you even sense how big of an impact you've had? Well, uh, they tell me that when I'm at dinners and at parties, they always ask me to speak. But I never, I never, I never concentrate on that. I, I'm very flattered when it does happen, and they do talk about me that way. But I'm not. I don't have. I don't have myself patting myself on the back. I, I'm just grateful that they feel that way. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I I know you're busy, so I'm I'm gonna I want, let me get this in. Also, now out on DVD are the only two seasons of uh, is Don's hilarious TV series uh, CPO Sharky. It's extremely funny. I remember it quite well from the past. Check them out, and you kill in every episode. Let's just say. Well, that. I I have a I have a box set coming out. Oh. With my uh, with all my career and the CPO Sharky and uh, all of the television specials I've done. And it should come out in a couple of months, uh, in about a month or so. You do? Oh, every? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, all of it, yeah. Wow, all right. Well, I, you know, I do a lot of these interviews, but seldom do I get the opportunity to speak with a comedy god. I won't soon forget our conversation. So I just want to thank you so much for calling in and speaking with us tonight. Well, you're very kind, and I appreciate it, and lots of luck to you. All right, Mr. Warnth himself, Don Rickles. <laughs> hey, Frank, it's good to see you. Uh, I, I, I just, I just was hanging around in the hall, and I, they said Frank Sinatra's here. And I've never met him, you know. <laughs> and I get the chill. You'll excuse us, won't you? Certainly, know? certainly. Marco Mangananzo was hurt. <laughs> Marco Mangananzo. Fombino Bombazzo. Two bullets in the head Thursday. Now this, this you don't believe. Excuse us, Johnny, you're, you're from the Midwest, you're busy going, is the truck loaded? <laughs> Guido says hi, he hasn't had a chance to talk to you. And from Jersey City, your good friend, Bubani Umbazza. <laughs> What's he his name? He started his car. <laughs> he started his car with your album on, and now he's a highway. <laughs> Uh, 
Oh, that's funny. But I tell you, I'm a Jew and you're an Italian. And here we have what? <laughs> and this is a great Irishman. This is America. Yes, sir. And that's why I just want to say, before we go any further, <laughs> for 14 years, Johnny Carson kept saying, do you really know Frank? And I want you to know, Frank, I worship you and I love you. I really mean this. Because since I'm a kid, I used to blow in girls' ears and hear you go, la-da-da-dee, and do it my way. I need a girl so bad. <laughs> I love my wife, but she's ill. <laughs> but you just got married, Frank. I just can't picture him on the wedding night standing in the room going, and did it all, and I suppose it's my way. <laughs> and Barbara, Barbara, his wife is going, Frank, when you get a minute. <laughs> This is the Spud Goodman Show. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. Don't go away or you'll miss the amazing conclusion of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief timeout. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. All right, musical guest interview time. Please welcome the Salt Riot to the show. Could you uh, let everyone know your names and favorite condiment, please? Hi, I'm Julia, and I would say vegan mayonnaise. All right. <laughs> and I'm Jack, and I'd have to say probably ketchup mixed with mayonnaise. All right. Uh, I'm Nick. I'd probably go with the Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. Okay, Solid. that's all for the record. It's all recorded. Uh, well, let's discuss a new record, Dead Star, which is now available on iTunes, Amazon, and even at some actual record stores. Just ask for it. From listening to the song that I, that I had heard, um, it's safe to say that you guys can actually play your instruments pretty darn well. Are we talking about being in a school band and maybe piano lessons growing up? We're actually all just faking it. We did a hell <laughs> <Yeah>. of a job. <laughs> I know, we're really good. All right. Um, yeah, but we did a lot of that. We were pro all, probably all classically trained here. Yep, absolutely. Yep. School, school band? What chair? I was always first. I mean, come on. Oh, come on. All right. Percussions don't this. get to sit down. <laughs> I'm a little too competitive. All right, super. Well, there are three of you in the band, so I take it that putting things up for a vote resolves everything pretty quickly, a lot more than, saying being in a symphony orchestra and, and when they're dealing with band issues? Uh, it's, not a <laughs> it's not a democracy, let's no. just say that. Uh, I think, you know, the symphony has the conductor, right? So yes. what he oh. says goes. There so, or she. Um, oh. am I, could I get this uh, off the record? Uh, who tends to wear the pants in this band? It tends to be a butting of heads. <laughs> am I allowed to say something? Am I allowed to answer that question? Yeah, oh, okay? go ahead, yeah. <laughs> okay. She does. I think she proving the point. <laughs> All right. As it probably should be. All right, super. Well, 20 years down the road, have you guys discussed the possibility of either a reunion tour or maybe the last tour angle? Because both of them seem to work pretty well for veteran bands. It's something to look forward to, you know? We definitely want to play Emerald Queen Casino in 38 years. All right. And I we do. don't want them to remodel at all. All right, there we you go. We want to look exactly the same. I figure I'm going to go the way of all the other bands, and I'm just going to be another dead drummer in the line. <laughs> yeah, the drummers are usually the first to go. That's a good point. All right, what's the name of the first song you're going to do? This is called Rich and Famous. All right. 
This is the Spud Goodman, Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, see, all right, Spud, I believe yeah. your mother is calling in again. Do we take it, or do you want me to have an intern tell her you're busy? Well, my mom would not buy that. as She knows I'm never busy doing this radio show. I mean, if I was a surgeon or an air traffic controller, then I might be too busy for her. But, so just spare me the grief later and just put her on. Uh, okay, uh, uh, go ahead, Mrs. Goodman. You are on the air. Do you think this is my first rodeo calling in tonight? I know I'm on the air as I can hear myself speaking on the radio. Who is that moron spot? Mom, Mom that's, our, that's our temporary <laughs> co-host, Gerald Holcomb, Mom. You, you spoke to him many times. Is there something yeah. wrong? Do you need something? Or why are you calling? What? Uh, the mother who almost died giving birth to you needs a reason to call up our only son? Well. So. I was a little upset you didn't let me know that you would be interviewing John Rickles tonight. I would have come down to the studio and maybe you would have put that call on speakerphone so I could have joined him. Um. I'm a big fan. Have I told you I once ran into Don Rickles in Vegas around 1967? Uh, I know. I haven't heard that. So what happened, Mrs. Goodman? Really? You I say think it was well, in the summer of love. And, well, Spud, you were a little kid, so your father and I left you. You stayed with your grandmother, and we took a okay, little trip Mom. to Sin City. Boat <laughs> would probably not remember me now, but he was so darn sexy. Do you have his home phone number? Yes, I have Don Rickles' phone number, but you know I can never give that up. I'm not a rat. So you're wasting your time, Mom. I, I got to go. I got to go. Okay, I'll call you tomorrow. I'll call you tomorrow. Well, honey, you always say, and then you forget calling you while you're on the air. So easiest way for me to get a hold of you these days. So did I also hear you are considering getting a hair transplant? Well, Tell me I, that yeah. is not what well, I I'm, heard. I'm considering it, Mom. I haven't made any final decisions. This is pretty expensive. Well, this is beautiful. Forget the lame comb over and embrace the look that sure worked well for you, Brenner. I will tell you that. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a comb over, Mom, and no, no one even knows who Yule Brenner is these days. All right, I, I'll let you know what I decide about the hair thing. I can't wear a baseball hat to every occasion in life. It's prompted some awkward fashion moments. <laughs> a new full head of hair would certainly make life easier, especially for formal events like weddings and funerals. Uh, you know, I'd just like to say I, I remember Yule Brenner. Just remember, women care about a lot of different qualities in a man, and a full head of hair, though nice, is not in the top ten. Go bald, Spud, and let your freak flag fly. I still have hair, Mom. I just don't have thick, lustrous hair like I used to have when I was younger. You know, that would be nice to see one morning when I wake up. Just one day when I wake up in the morning to see in the mirror. Just one day. You never had decent hair your whole life, so why worry about it now? All right, we'll talk about it later. I gotta go. Love you. I uh, love you too, honey. Don't forget to call. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, Spud, when the band was playing, I checked out some prices on my phone. 
for your hair transplant. Yeah. Uh, some places do let you make payments, so that might be doable for I'm you. I'm not going to make installment payments on a new head of hair. You know, I have some money set aside for an emergency, and after looking at, you know, at what I had to, what I do have to work with, you know, yeah. I looked at it this morning really closely, you know, with a mirror like behind the head too after I got out of the shower. <laughs> this probably qualifies as an emergency. It is so brave of you to do this publicly. I mean, most men in the entertainment industry try and keep that kind of thing on the down low. Mm-hmm. Especially the two pay well, guys. Ha- hair pieces are out of the question. I, I would never go there. I, and I do know most guys don't advertise that they get a hair job. But with me doing the show and at my age, everyone's going to notice it right away. But you know, I've always, always wanted an afro. I, I know I might, don't be, surf. I might be a bit too old for that look, but they have these like computer <laughs> programs that can simulate you know, what certain hairstyles are going to look on you. So you can check yourself out before you, know, you commit to doing something. Uh, you, you know, I, I think a more culturally appropriate hairstyle might be a much wiser decision, Spud. It might not work real well with your overall I, appearance. I'm not talking about a two-foot-high Jimi Hendrix fro, but something more like you know, Link had on Mod Squad. Who? Uh, Spud. Oh, she's, Mod Squad. She's a little young to have seen that show TV on show? TV. So, okay. uh, listen, are right. you going to go ahead and do this? Are you going to get a hair transplant? I, I, I think so. I, oh. If if I, if I don't get a fro, then you know, what I really want is I want bangs. I, I haven't had bangs since my senior year in high school. Oh, yeah. and that was pretty much my peak, you know, as far as my physical appearance. That year was, it was a good year. Spud, bangs on a dude your age ain't going to work. Unless you want to look like a total jerk. Sure, Spock pulled it off. But if you do it, the listeners will go berserk. I, myself, do find men with bangs very attractive. My dad never had bangs. Uh, But, again, don't you think at your age bangs would not be age appropriate? You know, as we get older, there are certain styles that seem to fit us best. Like, I would love to grow a handlebar mustache, but... That just wouldn't work yeah, at my yeah, current station. Americans in life. love a winner. Yeah, you mean your wife wouldn't let you grow one? That's that's, that's the truth. <laughs> well, I heard you that, have a no facial uh, hair thing in your family. That's right? not necessarily true. Yes, she isn't fond of facial hair, but yeah. but you know when we were first married, I sported a Fu Manchu Ooh. just for a month or so, yeah. and I received many comments. All right, good to know. It. But can you just do your job and see if our next guest is ready to go on the phone? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can do that, and I am being told that yes, your next guest, Dan Haggerty, is now ready to go. Wow, Grizzly. Adams is on our show. Yeah. I, I never missed that show when I was a kid. Look, I, you, you do know you're not going to ask Dan any questions during the interview. Oh. Uh, I can sense you may be a threat to breach security here and try to jump <laughs> in the conversation. That cannot happen. You got it? I, I, I know, I know, but I loved his show so much. As a kid, I really wanted a bear after seeing how great a pet they made. Yeah, well, too bad your parents used common sense on that one. I wouldn't have to deal with you or I don't know. Well, listen, you know what? I ended Bears up, are not a great pet, I'll I, be honest with He you. made it look like they were, but I'll tell you, I ended up getting a pet mole. Uh, Okay. My, my dad trapped it as one was destroying our front lawn, you know. Yeah. He was a great family pet after he adjusted to life in captivity. Moles, I've got to tell you, they're very smart animals. Well, not that smart if he was caught in a trap. Hey, just, just put Dan on, please. Very well. Here he is. Please welcome actor Dan Haggerty to the Spud Goodman Show. And uh, Dan, can I call you Grizzly Adams a couple times in this interview? Because it's such a cool name. Is that, would that be all right, too? Whatever you'd like to do. All right, super. Whatever you like to do. Super. Um, you know, I want to lead this off uh, with my fir- my first question is, uh, you were in the movie Easy Rider. What was the set like on that film? Was the earliest call time like noon? Well, uh, Dennis and I were very good friends, Dennis Hopper and I. We 
just finished another movie called King of the Mountain, and I was working on some bikes for Anne Margaret. And Dennis said, "We're going to do this movie. He's your writer, and you get some. You got a chance to let's work on it together." And I said, "That would be terrific." So it was a real joy and a treat, and and being involved with Dennis and Peter, a great, great movie, kind of a historical movie about Americana and you know living history and living your life. It was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, I had uh, Peter Fonda on the show years ago, and uh, he was he was a great guy. I mean, would pro- pro- that would have been a fun set, I would assume. Yeah, Peter's a good guy. In, in fact, if you watch Easy Rider in the commune sequence where we're supposed to be in Taos, New Mexico, that was all shot in Malibu Canyon. Really? Wow. And, and when Peter's having a little bit of lunch, that girl wants to go down to the hot creek. He's leaning uh, back against a rock having his lunch and you can see seashells in there that were embedded in the rock years and years ago you know so we're at the very top of them and you can look down and see malibu so the illusions of movies are absolutely incredible it was a whole lot of fun well here's a question on that uh, still regarding the movie was the craft services uh, table always stocked with like mass quantities of doritos oreos and ice cream at all times because i would think they you guys would have had uh you know that kind of food available a lot is that accurate or not? No, I got to tell you something. At my age right now, I don't remember if there was ice cream cones out, out there or not, but I know the craft services were always very popular, and they always took care of everybody. All right, all right. Could I have just a moment of your time, Spud? It will only take yeah. a second. Uh, hey, Dan, uh, give me a minute. I'll be right back. This <laughs> better be good. I've always wanted to know why you ask most of your guests about the craft services on the set of the movies or TV shows. Are you a foodie? I never really knew that about you, Spud. No, I'm not a foodie. I'm just fascinated by free food. I mean, you know, being on a set means it's all you can eat. How cool is that? But that's not all I ask guests about. I mean, I had a killer follow-up question for Dan about Dennis Hopper's mustache on Easy Rider. I mean, it was state-of-the-art, and I wanted to know if it was real or not. But now I'm just going to have to move on. Thanks for messing up my rhythm again. Sorry about that. Okay, Dan, sorry about that. I'm back. Sure, no problem. Well, moving on, on the 1974 film that you starred in, the Sun Classic film, The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams, you were an accomplished animal trainer working with tigers, wild boars, foxes, and, of course, bears, real live bears, not stuffed animal bears that some taxidermists put together. Was that a big factor in you getting the lead in the movie? Well, they made they made Grizzly Adams once before as another actor, and they weren't happy with the movie, and they shelved it. Oh! And I was I was working I was in Vancouver, working on a movie called The Snow Tigers, and the owners of the company happened to see me doing some stunts where I caught a Siberian tiger off a horseback, like the Mongolians did, yeah. with a net and all that. And they said, that guy should be Grizzly Adams. And they said, well, by the way, he's an animal trainer. He's got animals. So I came from Canada and met Mr. Frawley and met the, the players behind Sun Classic Films. And we did Grizzly Adams. We went up to Park City. And uh, they, the, the budget on the movie was like $500,000. And when, we would do, when they asked me to redo the movie, they said, well, we only have $185,000. I said... Well, that's fine. <laughs> I thought I was going to make that much, but the bear made more than I did, so it didn't matter. But we made that little movie for 185000 bucks and it grossed over $700 million, and it got a TV series. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I got to think that did have give you an edge because the average actor uh, would wet his pants co-starring with a live bear. I know I'd be freaked even sitting next to a stuffed one. So, so let's deal with it. In 1977, you were then cast as the lead in the NBC series Grizzly Adams. Again, probably a big help knowing your way around bears, right? Well, bears are kind of like being married. You know, you got to be careful. You got to watch what you say. Anything with teeth and claws and weighs five to seven hundred pounds is a very, you know, informable animal. And everybody was very, very good on the show. The bear was terrific. Nobody ever got hurt, and it was very comfortable. And me being an animal trainer, there's a lot of people that came up to work on the show that might be a little uncomfortable working around an animal that size. So I could always weave my way in between anything that was a little uncomfortable, and everybody got along just fine. So we're very happy about that. Yeah, that was going to be my, my other question was, uh, about the safety factor, because I've seen the recent photos of you, and you still have all your limbs. So there were never even any close calls where the bears got a little bit, uh, you know. Nobody ever, nobody ever got hurt. I got pictures of my kids riding on the back of the bear. Oh, all right, super. Um, well, no, yeah. we have a, anybody that's listening, if you travel on a little summer vacation, we have a little wildlife park up in Grants Pass, Oregon called Wildlife Images. It's open to the public, and it's where John Wayne did Rooster Cockburn with Catherine Hepburn right on the Rogue River. And we've got bears and lions and eagles and tigers and wolverines, and you can wander through the park and take pictures. It's a wonderful time. Wow, that sounds very cool. So the, the animals aren't penned up. They get to get to roam a little bit, at least? Yeah, sure. They're in acre compounds. They're wonderful. Oh, super. It's not like, it's not, yeah. Super. All right. Say, Spud, I promise this is the last time I'll interrupt you. You know, Dan sounds like a great guy and an animal trainer, too. I had no idea about that. You know... We're having some trouble with our cat, Sammy. He refuses to use his litter box now. I think he's being passive-aggressive, as our youngest got a little kitten, Charlie, a few months ago. What are we talking about? Now, could you ask Dan if he knows of any tips for jealous cats? Uh, he's worked with tigers, and I, I believe cats are distant relatives in that family, right? Uh, Dan Haggerty is a world-class animal trainer. Besides being a fine actor, I'm not going to ask him such a stupid question. Google passive-aggressive cats. Now be quiet, please. All right, Dan, you were awarded your own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1994. Who's in your neighborhood? Do you know the stars around yours? I was so lucky to get that star. And so the day I got it, Sophia Lauren and Charles Nassim were there. And I'm it's Sophia Lauren. Uh, May West, Paul Newman, Dan Haggerty, right in front of Thomas Chinese. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna next time I'm up there, I'm gonna take a spin by there. You know, because getting your own star kind of opens up a whole, you know, can of worms in terms of upkeep. Because I mean, did you ever uh, do you drop by with a bottle of 409 and polish it up? Because I bet a lot of street people maybe sleep on you at nights, and you know, I, I, I'd be okay with that as long as they didn't drop like sticky stuff on me. But do you ever go by and spiff it up, or does somebody take care of that? Well, let's go by there and buff it up. You go by and take a peek at it, and I'll follow you, and we'll make sure it's bright and shiny. Super. All right. I'm, I might take you up on that. All right. Uh, Dan, you know, I just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to call in tonight because, uh, yeah, I remember when I was growing up, I definitely was, I mean, I, Grizzly Adams, it was part of my life. You know, it was, it was a big God, deal. I love you. All right, Mr. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me. All right, Mr. Dan Haggerty. All right. Bye-bye. Deep inside the forest is a 
the Spud Goodman Show. It has some merit. Once again, the Salt Riot.
Hi everyone, you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. I'm Whitney Cummings, and um, I'm really sorry that you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud, Yeah, we have a call, and I don't really know who it is. We don't have any more guests lined up, so... Uh, do you want to take sure, it? Sure, sure. We got like two minutes to kill. P- put it through. Hey, 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 is this Spud? Am I in the yeah, air right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid you are. What what can I do for you, caller? Make it quick. Well, I'm in know, the li- hey, don't, don't don't you recognize my voice? I, I used to no. call all the time. You know, granted, you were not real fond of me calling in, but I thought we had a pretty good chemistry together on the air. Do you want me to terminate this call, Spud? He, he sounds like Guess one what? of those prank callers. No, 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 no. I was the show NASCAR correspondent. Well, well, all sort of, and, and, and I still want to be in all your oh, NASCAR mass, correspondent. Mass, oh, yeah, I, I sent your executive producer, Lori Madsen, an email volunteering my services, and she said I could call in some night and see if I had, you know, raised my game enough to be a regular part of the Spud Goodman yeah, show. Yeah. She knows how popular NASCAR has become and is now open to the possibility yeah, it's of doing you, it. It's you again. All right, you know. She had not said a word to me about this, and for the record, you're not now, nor were you ever this show's NASCAR correspondent. No need for someone to talk about driving around in circles. <laughs> uh, you know, I can actually see why our executive producer might now be open to this segment on our show. But NASCAR is maybe the biggest spectator sport in America. It's bigger than football, baseball, or basketball. Um, That's right, no right, way. right, right on, Harold. You did say you did your homework, you know. Hey, hey, what do you guys say? Come on. Uh, it's Gerald. Look, I, I, I say the same thing now that I said before. NASCAR is dumb. If that displeases what? a half a billion people, so be it. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's a wise thing to be throwing out there, but no reason to needlessly offend a large segment of the population in this country. Maybe we can come to a compromise here. Do you realize we are on? We're now aired on two stations in the South right now. All right, big deal. Well, you know, I, I know your listeners are really interested in, in current points leader Jerry Logano's recent death up with Kevin Harvick at Seriously. Right? That that bad blood is not going away anytime soon. It's hard to know who is in the wrong. You know, as Kevin said. He was the look, one look, he if I want to hear about road rage, I'll read the newspaper and the latest instance on the real roads of this country, not some stupid oval. And, and no wonder the drivers in those races are always getting pissed off at each other. They're, they're driving so damn fast and reckless, it's bound to happen. Is, is that, a, is that did, did that car just... What happened to that car sound? Hey, you know, I, I, I want to give a preview okay, of this weekend's bad. race. Uh, okay. Hey, is that a car or is that a hydroplane? I think that's a hydroplane. I guess that'll work. Whatever. Yeah, dude, I gotta go. All right. And 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 uh, I don't want to hear about any preview of any races. It's a bunch of hot rods are gonna be, you know, going around and around for what 500 miles or so. Terminate the call, please. 
oh, you, right, you, look, you know, let's get back to this here. You, you got it. I'm sorry, caller. Here. I'm sorry. Look, I just thought about something that might be problematic. I have some some gray hair now. I mean, not a ton, but some for sure. So how's that going to work with the new hair they take from somewhere else on my body? Because it's going to be the old hair versus the new stuff. And will I have like a two-tone head of hair, kind of like a skunk? Because that's not going to be cool. Uh, I don't know, think so. I, I'm sure there are hair replacement professionals out there that will be ans- able to answer all of no, your questions. No, all I know is that if I really do this, it better pay off. And I'm talking besides the women. I mean, it can't hurt with the career either. I'm thinking of maybe having, you know, bangs. Because uh, that could help me get a better gig in a bigger market. It'd make me look a lot hipper. Yeah, and it could, that, I sure yeah. have to play a lot of bunch of crappy pop music that the kids like. But you know, everything's a trade-off in this business, right? Oh, That's why I'm rationalizing this. You would take me with you, wouldn't you? Well, I've... Well, yeah, I couldn't do a radio show without a designated laugher. I mean, uh, who could do that job better than you? Aw, thanks, bud. Yeah. Well, of course. Uh, let me say, if a new head of hair does open up new career opportunities for you, I want you to know I, too, would be willing to relocate if necessary. Uh, it would be a uh-huh. bit of a shock for the whole wife and family, but, you know, you have to go where the work is, and I'm pretty sure yeah. I could get another sales position with another carpet store in probably almost any city, too, with my experience. <laughs> Hey, Gerald, the chances of Spud taking you with him are beyond slim. Yep, your future prospects on this show are now looking pretty grim. If I were you, I would stop bugging the crap out of him. There's really no need for anyone to get carried away right now with me going anywhere. I haven't haven't done this yet. and after I go in and speak with my hair doctor, they might say I'm not a good candidate. You, you have to like have decent hair somewhere else on your body for them to transplant on the top of your head, right? Yeah. That's that's going to be my problem. I, I believe you're right. But, you know, <laughs> surely there must be some healthy hair growing somewhere on your body. Ooh, that sounds painful. Painful. Now, that's a topic I had not considered. Well, I, I'm sure they administer a local anesthetic before they plant the new hair spud. I, I know you have a very low threshold for pain, but don't worry. Many, many men have had this procedure done, and to the best of my knowledge, there have been no fatalities. Spud, do you want me to Google Yeah, that? absolutely. Hmm. I need to finish the show up right now, so text me later tonight when you find out what the actual death toll is or was. I, I need to know that. All right, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show. No more a waste of your time than other vacuous programs currently on the air. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
Stay tuned for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of The Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for The Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Here is your host, Lawrence. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host for tonight's Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. And, of course, with me is my co-host, Gina. Hey, Gina, how's everything going in the Gina world right now? Oh, pretty good. Uh, good could be nice. getting a bit more sleep at night, however, with the baby waking me up a lot. Uh, Cameron and I have a system of trading off every night on who gets to get up and tend to him. And, and for some reason, he has been on this every other night crying thing so uh, it's always on my night either it's bad luck on my part or he likes to spend time with me in the wee hours of the night it's one of those catch-22 deals as I have to look in on him when I hear him cry but I don't know if I'm just convincing him that he can just hang out with me at any hour of the day if he just fusses a bit and he he sleeps through the night on Cameron's watch super why don't you try this why don't you try faking him out you know like by switching up your days and all like you, what you could do is you do two days in a row, and then your significant other, that's Cameron, he does the three days in a row, and it kind of will mess up the baby's head, you know. He's going to, if he thinks he's kind of trying to get over on some scam or whatnot, uh, let me tell you, it's from experience, because in the joint, we learn that when patterns of behavior get established, you know, like when you go to the same way to the cafeteria or the showers, it can get a little dangerous. Super. So, you know, what we used to do, we used to change things up. We take like different different ways and different times to get places that lessen the chance of you getting shanked. You know Super. What I'm well, uh, you know, I, I'm not that concerned about getting shanked in my own home, but but I do get the point yeah. you were trying to make here. Our it's you know for our baby's own good. I'll try to vary up our night and our time schedule. So yeah, got yeah. it. Okay. Well, yeah, try it, try it. I mean, I know once I figured out when and where the Aryan Nation dudes were going to be, or at what time they would go to the cafeteria to eat every day, that's when I would plan my own ETA because they would change things up at lunch from breakfast and then at dinner. They always be fashionably late, like 15 minutes. So I would gobble down the early bird meal and then I was back in my cell before they got in line and life. It's all about timing, Gina. Well, yeah, I appreciate that advice. So, yeah. Lawrence, should we mention now we are doing the show tonight without Derek, the highlight guy? Is it me, or do you now, do you feel a changed atmosphere around here? I mean, I feel sort of giddy right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you, Gina. You know, being able to do the show without having to listen to the constant whining and complaining from one of your coworkers. It Super. I really appreciate this yeah. job. You know, I don't know know why he's not here tonight, but maybe, maybe he's on a job interview or something. You know what I'm thinking? Now, I don't know who the hell would actually hire the guy, but we can hope. Yeah, I was thinking as long as no one involved with the show opens their mouth about Derek to any potential employer of his, it is possible he could find something else and we could have some peace in this studio. Hallelujah. Well... Hopefully. We can hope, right? Yeah. So did you hear Spud talking maybe about getting that hair plant transplant during the first hour of the show? Yep. 
Well, what is it with with white guys and having issues with their hair? I mean, that that never bothered. Did it bother Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley or Mr. T? Well, okay, technically, Mr. T had a mohawk. Uh, he didn't shave his whole head, but I, I get the point. Oh, okay. White men are really insecure about their hair. I sure hope my camera never goes through that. Thank God, he has a great head of hair. Oh, does he? Is that nice hair? Oh, lovely hair. Oh, nice, nice. That's good for you and him both. Well, yeah, all right. You know, I need to get uh, introduced in the panel here. So we got Dave on the soundboard. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Uh, good evening, Lawrence. And I guess uh, with Derek's absence, I am Clipmeister tonight. So Ooh. prepare Woo. for a shakeup, and I mean that in the best positive sense of the word. Oh, I believe you. It's a refreshing change, Dave. I know you can bring it. All right, and we also got Mike here, our engineer, with us again. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Lauren. What's going on? Oh, great things are going on in my house. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, and of course, I got to introduce our new intern from Pierce College. We got Carrie. Hey, Carrie, welcome aboard. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Oh, well, it's Happy nice to have you. Yeah, we appreciate you. Oh, of course, we also appreciate our ex-intern from Pierce College here. And that's, of course, Trent, who's gracious enough to stay with us. Derek Burnup be gone. He owes me 20 bucks. Oh, I thought that was not the figure. Well, you know, with his political position, he ain't going to pay you back, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off on a music portion of the program with something from the godfather of soul, Mr. James Brown with Soul Power. And then we have for you a cut from the Beastie Boys. That's off their album, Paul's Boutique, and it's titled The Eggman. All right, Dave, hit play. Forget there, I've got 
Got in the studio with us here, the Salt Riot. How you guys doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. Great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hey, thanks for asking. You know, they don't always ask, but I appreciate <laughs> always it. Always got to ask how everyone else is doing too. Nice. We want but, good vibes all around, you know. But I'm gonna keep asking y'all questions. Okay, so. sounds good. So here's the first one I'm gonna ask because I ask everybody this. I want to know if any of y'all have done any lockup time. Because, you know, it's off the record, you know, it's not going to go any further than this room right here. So, because I just want to see if we have like, that common vibe, you know. Um, my lawyer said I can't comment on that. Oh. Yeah. And um, it depends on what you mean by lockup time, but. Jack fishing without also. a license. I think oh, Jack yeah. did that. That's true. I'm, I'm just he got arrested and booked for it. Super. Right. We're living on the edge. I like that. <laughs> fishing without a license. I know. He's, I think you represented you yourself eat, in court, man. didn't you? Represent yourself. I represented myself in court, and so that's, that's why I did lockup time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what they always he say. the fish for a material witness. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to feed man. himself, you know? I mean, what's the problem? So now I know you guys probably get this question a lot, but I got to ask it. 
Now, now tell me about the name, the name, the Salt Riot. What's that about? Well, I mean, I was kind of thinking back into history and we used to start these wars over salt. It was actually traded for money. That's where the word salary is derived. Um, and now it's such a common commodity. We have it, you know, at Denny's, you can throw it away or whatever you want to do. So it kind of just signifies, you know, these things that we start these wars over and these resources and how it changes over time and who has the power and control. You know, all that okay. political all right. stuff. Super. I like that smart and political. Oh, I know. Yeah. That, you more than you more than just uh, some good rock and music. We try to put it all together and give you a good package of everything. I like it. I like it. Hey, now, now let me ask you this. Since we're talking about salt and food and whatnot, y'all enjoy some fondue? Because, you know, I've been getting into the fondue. It's really tasty. I like the sticks and the oil and all that. So y'all like that? Oh, I think yeah. there's a place that charges like $200 to go eat there. Oh, no. You get your own cheese. You melt it up. Get your own little melting pot. Like in the it. microwave? You just melt it in the microwave? Yeah. All right, super. No, ovens. Ovens. I'm you not too familiar with it, but... Oh, man, you could do microwave fondue? I'm all about that. Just put some cheddar cheese in the microwave, and that's fondue, right? Although fondue is not a good place for arguments with all those pointy sticks. It does oh, not end well. That is not super. You, now not you know why they didn't have fondue in the joint. You better believe it. I think I'm pretty sure the fondue uh, got you college there. fondue. College fondue. Oh, college it's fondue. In the microwave is, is college-style fondue. You use sure. craft singles, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> do those melt do well? Fondue. Those melt well, I assume. Oh, yeah, you so. better believe that. All right, super. All right, so when you guys are not, you know, playing your music, what do you guys enjoy listening to? What's some of your influences? For me, uh, I like a lot of funk, like Herbie Hancock and stuff like that, personally. Try to listen to Yes. I know we got some Rush fans in the house. Saw Neil Peart kill it this uh, year at Key Arena. Um, just really that, like, good classic rock stuff. I just, I range the gamut from Buddy Rich to Tool. I like that. Boy, it's a good spread, good diverse. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes the music so rich. I like that. All right, so now what you, what's the name of the last song you guys are going to play for us tonight? The song is called Keep Me Alive. All right, The Salt Riot. <laughs>
is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, Dave, you got the reins tonight, huh? I sure do, and our first highlight is from Don Rickles. What a score that is for someone my age, meaning old. Uh, when we were growing up, he was one of the comedians you saw on TV all the time, and he was actually a part of the periphery of the Rat Pack, and he is going to be talking in this clip about some of his experiences with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, nobody, nobody's, that's not happened yet, so let, let me bring this up. Uh, I, I'd love to bring in uh, the topic of the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, if I may. How, sure. how big a set of testicles do you have as when he was in the audience at your show, uh, a show of yours in Miami Beach in the 50s, you yelled out to him, make yourself at home, Frank, hit someone. Now that is fearless comedy. You, I mean, my gosh. Yeah, well, I, I, I did that, but when I also, uh, a big thing that people used to talk about. I was with this girl in my single days. I'm married 50 years, but way before my my marriage to a wonderful lady, I uh, I was with this uh, girl that was, uh, you know, uh, I hoped to score with. Yeah. In, in the Sands Hotel, and we were having dinner, and Frank was at another table, and uh, she said, "Do you know Frank Sinatra?" And of course, to get lucky, I said, "Of course I do," which I really did. And I said, "Just wait a minute." And I went over to Frank's table. I said, Frank, you got a minute? He said, sure. He called me Bullethead, by the way. He said, yeah, what is a Bullethead? I said, listen, if you could come over to the table and say hello in front of this girl, it would mean the works for me. You know what I'm saying? He said, Don, it's done. I said, not right away. Wait a few minutes. And so I went back to my table and to you, I took a drink and in walked by Frank. And he said, hey, Don, how are you? I said, not now, Frank. Can't you see I'm eating? Dang, I, I, I'm expecting you got a little payoff later that night. I mean, oh. that a classic story about uh, showbiz culture in the uh, <laughs> 50s and 60s Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that was the day they ran that town, didn't they? The Rat Pack, the chairman, the board. There, they knew how to do it. Now, wait a minute. If if Frank was the chairman of the board, was Peter Lorre? Was he like the? Was he like the CFO? the chief financial officer, how did they break that out? Yeah, they kind of had a whole board of directors. I'm not exactly sure how it how it broke broke down. But. Yeah, yeah, so, somebody's got to, yeah, I'd like to know. Yeah, uh, what, so what, we should look that up. That's that's interesting. I think so, because you know that, that Peter Lawford had some kind of role on there, and oh, Dean yeah. Martin, you know, D- maybe. Oh, yeah. He was the C-E-C-O-O, that's C-O-O. what I'm going to guess, yeah. yeah some letters. Do I have the letters <laughs> right, Dave? Uh, I'm not sure, although Dean Martin probably had something to do with the catering for the board meetings. Uh, it just kind of seemed to be part of his persona. Yeah. Oh, the catering? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, was, he was a master of the adult beverages. Yeah, I oh, think so, yeah. Go. Nothing you could take out in a doggy bag. You had to consume it there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do some more music here. We're going to start off with a live cut of The Angels Want to Wear My Red Shoes, and that, of course, is by Elvis Costello. That's from May 20th, 1996 in Boston. And then we have a band from Spain, Disco Las Palermas, with their tune A Los Indeciso. Well, I used to be disgusted And I try to be amused since the wings have got rusted You know the angels want them for my red shoes But when they tell me about the side of the bargain It's when I knew that I cannot refuse And I won't get an older now The angels want them wear my red shoes I was watching while you're dancing away I love got fractured in the echoing sway 
circle everybody wants to be your friend I know that it still hurts me just to say it Oh, I know that she's disgusted She's feeling so abused She gets tired of the lust But it's so hard to refuse How can you say that I'm too old and Angels have stolen my red shoes Said I'm so happy I could die She said drop dead and left with another guy That's what you get if you go chasing after vengeance Ever since you got me a bunch of this has been my sentence So I used to be disgusted Now I try to be amused the wings have got rusted You know the angels want to wear my red shoes But when they tell me by the side of the bargain That's when I knew that I could not refuse And I won't get it on And now the angels want to wear my red shoes No, I won't get it on And now the angels want to wear my red shoes The angels want to wear my red shoes Red shoes The angels want to wear my red shoes Red shoes The angels want to wear my red shoes Red shoes The angels want to wear my red shoes Red shoes The angels want to wear my red shoes
Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Uh, so, Lawrence, yeah. you have a caller on the line. Would you like to take it now? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. All right, uh, hey, caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Say, I've called in a few times before. I don't know if you remember me, but I wanted to get your take on something tonight. You know, as you've been locked up for a while in the past. Yeah, okay, uh, so... What do you want to know? Now, is this if this is about uh, wanting me to post pics of my prison tattoos on Facebook? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't do that because you know I, I feel that this that's something I should only share with that certain special super, somebody in super. my life. That that's a little bit too intimate for Facebook and all. Oh, you have prison tattoos? Oh yeah, yeah. You've never mentioned anything about that. I I just got my third tattoo. It is the cover design of the last insane clown posse album, The Marvelous Missing Link. Found. That was not super. Not super. It's very elaborate and took about three hours to complete. Ooh. I'd show you, but it's it's in a spot that uh, you know it's not really appropriate for public display outside of a committed relationship. I'm not calling about tattoos. I'm a regular viewer of MSNBC's Lockup series oh, on okay. TV, and I'm very worried about what I've been reading in the paper recently. They are talking about totally rewriting the sentencing guidelines. Can you believe it? Yeah, you know, I heard something about that. It's about time, don't you think? Especially those drug beefs. Man, man, we had a guy at Pelican Bay. There, he was uh, sitting on 20 years for slinging rock. There was others who got five years for selling powder. It's the same drug, different customers. But if they do drastically reduce sentencing, do you understand how that's going to impact the show, Lockup? The quality of the show is going to take a really big hit. Okay, so what is this show, Lockup? Is this a prison drama? No, 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 Gina. It's a documentary-type show that MSNBC puts on all the all weekend long because it's cheaper than airing polit political talking heads seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Super! Lockup is by far the best and most important show on TV today. It has everything that a viewer would want. Human struggle, redemption... And plenty of neo Nazis. Mm -mm -mm. No, Super. I, um, I'm not really fond of those dudes, man. Come on, they they pretty much left me alone on my tear. But they were mostly just cranky guys who never smiled. If they do reduce sentencing, I'm afraid they will not have enough prisoners to run lock up all weekend. They might have to cut back to one day, and that would be. So lame. Uh, Color, do you enjoy Orange Is the New Black? I hear Ugh. that show gets great reviews. No way. Why would I watch a fake show about prison when I can immerse myself in the real prison experience Friday nights to Sundays? And I never have to eat mystery meat or poop in front of a room full of other guys. I know I wasn't meant for prison life, and that's why I'm so grateful to MSNBC for offering me this opportunity. Super. I'm pretty sure even with this prison reform that Congress and the Justice Department's talking doing, 
you know, there's going to be plenty of inmates to keep lockup going strong for years to come. I mean, the U.S., we have over 2.2 million people in prison or jail right now, and China is just behind us with 1.5 million. Super. Wow. That is great to hear. I guess I overreacted when I read about them tinkering with sentencing standards. So I was worried for nothing. Oh, I feel a lot better now. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like lockup will be around for many, many years. So enjoy. Look, Carla, no offense, but I'm not really a big fan of that show. But if it brings you joy, okay, I get it. Hey, look, look, is that all you wanted to cover here tonight? Yep, I'm done here. I still have last Sunday's full day of lockup programming on my DVR to watch. So Super. catch you later. Super. Oh, hooray for you. Uh, all right, goodbye, Carla. All right, let's get back to some more music here. We're going to lead off with Tame Impala with Elephant. Then after that, we have Mink DeVere with Spanish Stroll.
can see the shape you're in Finger on your eyebrow And left hand on your hip Thinking that you're such a lady killer Think you're so slick Well, all right Que te quiero, pero usted me quita todo. Ya me robaste mi televisión, mi radio. Ahora quiero llevar mi carro. No me haga así, Rosita. Ven aquí, hey, usted que es al lado, Rosita. Oh. So, Dave, you can give us enough of the highlight. I mean, no whining even. No, certainly not. And I don't have any uh, aspirations on anyone's job here either. Um, but, you know, what can you say about Dan Haggerty? I mean, Grizzly Adams was a fixture on TV back in an age when you could use folk music non-ironically as themes for TV shows and movies, which they did. And, of course, a trained bear. Um, you know, that's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's entertainment. So, uh, in this highlight, one of the things that I'd forgotten is that he actually had a role in the movie Easy Rider. And I've... You know, I was, you know, I saw that in the midnight movie, so I'd forgotten half the plot anyway. But um, so here he is talking to Spud about that. Um, 
you know, I want to lead this off uh, with my fir- my first question is, uh, you were in the movie Easy Rider. What was the set like on that film? Was the earliest call time like noon? Well, uh, Den- Dennis and I were very good friends, Dennis Hopper and I. We just finished another movie called King of the Mountain, and I was working on some bikes for Anne Margaret, and Dennis said, we're going to do this movie, Easy Rider, and you get some... You got a chance to work on it together, and I said that would be terrific. So it was a real joy and a treat, and and being involved with Dennis and Peter, a great, great movie, kind of a historical movie about Americana and you know living history and living your life. It was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, I had uh, Peter Fonda on the show years ago, and uh, he was he was a great guy. I mean, would probably pro- that would have been a fun set, I would assume. Yeah, Peter's a good guy. In, in fact. If you watch Easy Rider in the commune sequence where we're supposed to be in Taos, New Mexico, that was all shot in Malibu Canyon. Really? Wow. And and when Peter's having a little bit of lunch, that girl wants to go down to the hot creek. He's leaning back against a rock having his lunch, and you can see seashells in there that were embedded in the rock years and years ago, you know. So we're at the very top of the mountain. You can look down and see Malibu. So the illusions of movies are absolutely incredible. It was a whole lot of fun. Well, here's a question on that, uh, re- still regarding the movie. Right, so, you know, that was that was Peter Fonda they were talking about, not Peter Laurie or Peter Lawford. <laughs> yes, Peter. that's too, right. Too, too many Peters today. There's a lot of Peters uh, floating up. around here tonight. Yeah. But that, that, that's all right, you know. One of my best friends in the joint was called Peter, you know. We, we, we used to call him Turtle, but his name was really Peter. Ah, uh, why the moniker? Turtle? I, I, you know, I never know. Maybe maybe because he got shanked a bunch of times and it never took him down, so people thought like he had a shell on his back or something. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that, that oh, makes it, sense. it had nothing to do with the way he looked? It might have. It could have had oh, something. Okay. He did it look did a little like a turtle. Turtles. Yeah, and I, I guess I don't know why I didn't put it together at the time. He did look kind like a turtle. Kind of like a pointy overbite kind of thing. Uh, Peter, yes, did Peter you know him? Because like you're it. describing him to a T. Oh, that must be where the name turtle came from. <laughs> I'm thinking so. All right. Well, let's let's do some more music. How about we do a tribute version of Hank Cochran's song "Make the World Go Away"? But this one is by Jamie Johnson. And then we have Public Enemy with "911 Is a Joke." Hit play, please.
late, they're reacting. They only come and they come when they wanna. So get the more truck and involve the corner. They don't care cause they stay paid anyway. They treat you like an ace, they can't beat the tray. I know you stumble with no use people. If your life is on the line, then you're dead today. Late comers with the late comers, stretching that's a body bag in disguise, y'all. I'll bet ya. I call them body snatchers cause they come to fetch you with an autopsy ambulance just to dissect ya. They are the king cause they swing amputations. Lose your arms, your legs, and them is compilation. I can prove it to you, watch the rotation. A fucking situation So get up and get, get, get down 911 is joking your town Get up and get, get, get down Late 911 wears the late crown Get up and get, get, get down 911 is joking your town Get up and get, get, get down Late 911 wears the late crown to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, we have a call holding, Lawrence. Did you want to take that? Another one? Yeah, yeah, if we have if we have the time, if we make it quick, you know, we could do it. Hey, caller, are you there? I sure am. This is Joe. Joe who? Accordion Joe, man. I'm the orchestra for the Spud Goodman Show. Oh, super. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, we spoke before on the air, so, hey, what is on your mind? Well, I thought I would call into this post-show report and ask if you guys know anything about my calls being blocked for the Spud Show in the first hour. For some reason, I just can't get through anymore when I call. I mean, what, what's the problem here? I mean, there's got to be some reason, you know, does any, anybody know what's going on about this? Uh, no, not that I know of. Uh, of course, you know, if you were on the block list, they wouldn't tell me. You know, it's been quite a while since you called in the Spud Show, you know, right? 
I, I just figured you moved uh, to a rest home or something, and you couldn't uh, dial a phone anymore. Super. Well, how, how old do you think I am, dude? Hey, I am in the prime of my life right now. Well, maybe we should lay off the age issue, as I... I have read some FCC rule about not discussing ageism on the air. Or, or maybe it was not discussing atheism on the air. Or something. Yeah. Actually, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to double check. Listen, I heard Spud talking about maybe joining the Mormon church so he could meet some women. Listen, if you see him, tell him I've been there and done that. Oh. It probably won't work out. I played a number of Mormon church functions, not, you know, not in my full Elvis stage show bit. You know, I try to keep the hipsters under control, you know, and limit my song selection to stuff like Amazing Grace and How Great Thou Art, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, I once did uh, Down in the Ghetto, but, you know, it went over like a two-week-old donut. You know, my grandmother had a bunch of Elvis gospel albums. I I sort of liked his version of There Will Be Peace in the Valley. Yeah, well, you know, I've done a a, a few times at at appearances, but it usually bombs, you know, especially at senior center shows. They like the early rockin' Elvis way, way more. Yeah, Joe, uh, you know, I'll ask the interns when we're done around here if they know anything about you being uh, on a block call list or something like that. But uh, we got to play some more music, so we got to go. Well, hey, yeah, you know, about that music you play, I know Spid, Spud picks that stuff out, but I think you ought to have a little bit more accordion music. You know, it wouldn't hurt this damn show. It wouldn't hurt it a bit. And, you know... How about I play a little song right um, now? Nope. Mm. All right, Joe. We got to go. All right. Yeah, we got to get back to some more music here. Um, you know what, what we're going to do is, is we're going we're gonna to go into another song here. Let me see what we got next up on the list. Oh, we're going to do uh, Runaways Wasted. You know, Spud, he had the lead singer Cherry Curry on the show a few months ago. And she's a really interesting woman. So let's, uh, let's kick it off and hear a uh, little tune by The Runaways. <laughs>
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report, and Lawrence, I'm afraid we are almost out of time. All right. Well, Aww. thanks, Dave, for all that you've done, and thanks, Mike. I appreciate you, too. Super. Oh, my pleasure. And, of course, Carrie and, and Trent, we got to thank you for your hard work. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. All right. This is Lawrence with Gina. Say goodnight, Gina. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Associate producer, David Deer. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Anna Howell and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. I know, not having Derek has, was just really nice. I know, the, with the, the flow. Yeah. Like, God, there was getting on my nerves. It was, yeah. It was a conservative thing. Oh, oh don't even get me started. Like, do we really want that on the show? I don't know. Maybe don't somebody know. needs to talk to Spud. I, I think so. And, oh, no, but that's a Lori thing. She likes that. Sure. Maybe he won't be back. Yeah, if he gets another job yeah. Say, somewhere. how did I do with the highlights? Just curious. <gasps> you, oh, you you got, got the, the job. job. That's, That's right. All right. Yeah. You know what? Make sure Derek, uh, Lori and Derek both hear it. Make him scared. Maybe he'll look for a job somewhere. There we go. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. He's always so worried anyways about not getting enough airtime. So. I know. Yeah. It, we'll see if he comes back. 